Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester is Red podcast from the Manchester Evening News. I'm your host, Rich Fay, and I'm delighted to be joined once again by Samuel Luckhurst. Hello. And by Tyrone Marshall. Good afternoon. And you both, I don't think we've spoken since your trip to Bruges last week. I know you did a podcast while you there yourselves. We, we had to fill in for you, but I did promise the, the listeners that you'd be back and here you are, you're back. Just as promised, yeah. And it's Bruges again, uh, we're speaking ahead of today. This is the Wednesday we're recording it and you had the pleasure as well of Watford at the weekend. United with an emphatic win against a side battling relegation. Uh, maybe there's that reality check that some fans need to take. But both of you, do you think United have turned a corner I mean in recent weeks they seem to be a bit of an uplift Luke Shaw and Solskjaer spoke at the press today saying that they were enjoying the new formation that well Shaw spoke very glowingly with the manager saying that everyone believed in him and he brought a, a good spirit to the place but are we just getting carried away United have beaten Chelsea they've drawn with Bruges and they've beaten a team that's probably going to be relegated I think there's there's the, always the danger of that even someone like Bruno Fernandes who's looked at a class above and a cut above everyone how many times have newly signed United players enjoyed a, a solid or a stellar first month and then you know I mean Di Maria Sanchez I mean that those are just two you know red flags there anyway but the, there are signs that maybe their mentality is changing maybe Fernandez is, is going to be the one held responsible for that as well given the impact he's he's had already but it is it is obviously still too early to say I think the next period coming up is is pretty I mean it's so pivotal and the, the opponents they play as well Everton away is a very difficult game at the worst at the best of times sorry and they've been in pretty good form under Ancelotti and then I think it's City at home Tottenham away Sheffield United at home so it's three teams who they're, they're kind of surrounded by at the moment if if they manage to take across these next four games, if they take something like nine points, I think that'll be that'll represent an excellent return. Even though United have that have that big game now, but they they were pretty good on Sunday in the second half. The first half they were quite tepid. There was a lot of um, I mean, Anthony Marshall was quite maddening again up until he scored a, a world class goal, and he was like that an often lot an, an awful lot last week. He didn't play particularly well in the three games, but he scored in each one. And if you're scoring, you're keeping detractors off your back and you're justifying your existence and in the role uh, you're playing in. So they've they've certainly made some progress over the last week or so, but I think this week is, is a much tougher week, even though it's a game fewer and they've got a home game again. Ty, it's interesting. A couple of weeks ago, we probably would have ruled, I think maybe we even did rule United, completely out of the top four race I definitely did <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to like clip in actually yeah. uh, win at Chelsea results have kind of gone their way as well uh, it's still three points off and Samuel said there's other big games going ahead but uh, also on Luke Shaw's comments today he was saying that they're going to fight on all fronts very much what you'd expect from him he's mm. not going to rule themselves out but what do you see United's best chance of Champions League football next season do you still think it is via the Europa League or do you think there is a real open goal there with the Champions League because we saw last night that 
Chelsea got absolutely blitzed by a team who came and played against them. That Chelsea team's not very good. This United team's not very good either. Mm. But there really is a chance there for a top four finish. Yeah, I mean, Chelsea, Chelsea are really struggling at the moment. I didn't think they were too bad first half last night, to be fair. They, they were in the game and they had a couple of moments. Bayern turned it on second half and were absolutely sensational. And I'm not sure United could have lived with that, to be fair. Never mind Chelsea. Um, now you'd probably have to say the top four at the moment is the most likely route given the gap is only three points given Chelsea are just so badly out of form and and have been for two months and they've they've got some fairly stark issues in that squad the goals I mean Abraham didn't look anywhere near fit when he came on last night got issues out wide Willian and Pedro both out of contract and just look pale imitations of the former selves to me so you'd say that's United's most likely route given that they could draw into Milan Presuming they beat Bruges, they could draw into Milan in the next round of the Europa League and they're going to be very much second favourites for that. They could get a good draw, but there's a lot of good teams left in that competition. So having closed the gap, you'd say the top four is the most likely route. Um, It's a real battle for that top four position. I feel like Sunday's game is really crucial, actually, because this is the first time, you said before United turned a corner, I would say they're on the corner. It's quite a long, slow corner. It's like a... Uh, an oval track in America in a Formula One race, really. It's NASCAR. Like a NASCAR race. Um, they're on the corner. They're indicating. They're halfway around. Do you indicate it. on a corner? Depends where it's going. Do you indicate yeah. on a corner? Well, Do you depend- drive? Well, it depends if it's a natural corner or if it's a, oh, <laughs> or if it's a curve. I suppose I can see what you're saying. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. Um, yeah. Was, were we saying a corner more than a turn then? I'm not sure, really. So we're on. they're on the corner. Yeah. Um, this is Alan Partridge's mid-morning. <laughs> it's gone a bit down here, hasn't it? Um, yeah, and if, I feel like if they can beat Everton at the weekend, then mm. realistically we can start talking about that they've the made corner. a turn or turned a corner. Um, at the moment, it feels a bit too soon. They're in the process of it, but it's one of those, if they go to Everton and perform poorly and lose, and Everton are having a good spell themselves, then we're kind of back to square one, aren't we? So I guess that is a good point Terry made there. This United team, you always feel they're just one game away from a capitulation, the doom and gloom, hashtag Ollie outs trending worldwide. It, you know, Which would be great for interactions for the next I was conference gonna, I was going to get onto that. I mean, what do you make of Odin and Garlow's impact on deadline day? We had that quarterly call from Ed Woodward on Tuesday in United. The main takeaway line seemed to be Odin and Garlow trended more than Brexit and Donald Trump on deadline day, as if that was some achievement. Well, that, that does just hammer home why fans are so disillusioned so often they've changed the script on those calls now so that Woodward does not talk about things like Alibaba um, or the app the app uh, the poss- the Chinese pipeline which was mentioned in one last year and now that's over to the managing director Richard Arnold and that's been the case for best part of two years now I think I genuinely think Richard Arnold when he goes on those calls is completely oblivious to the reaction that his comments get on them. So obviously they, they read from a script, which you should do. Um, you can tell this got, is unscripted. You've, you've got to be, be here, you certainly can. <laughs> certainly with that corner. Um, so he's got the script there and he thinks it's okay putting that out there that Odin and Garlo was a more, it's not newsworthy, but certainly it, it was the biggest trending topic on the 31st of January when US impeachment trials going on against Donald Trump. And of course, Brexit is about to you know, become official in the UK. Uh, it's, 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 it's just risible, really. I mean, obviously, and, and it's, it's just ammunition for supporters to say, well, you say this, but you're also saying that as well. And as I said, I think I might have said it before, at the Newcastle game last season at home, when it obviously was 
kicking off and you wondered whether Mourinho was going to get sacked before the end of the weekend. Newcastle fans, just before kick-off, were chanting, you fat, get out of our club, which was aimed at Mike Ashley. And Richard Arnold was just taking his seat in, in the director's box and he looked over and he looked genuinely worried, thinking that these fans were chanting about him. Now, the biggest problem I've got with that is that the managing director of United, who's been to Old Trafford God knows how many times, should know where the away section is. But it seems like he doesn't. And you've got to just strip football out of the equation with him because he, he's, it's not his forte. It, for him, his forte is going to China and spreading the word, spreading the gospel of Manchester United. But it doesn't benefit anybody whatsoever other than us guys in the media to be telling the world about this whole, you know, Odin Agala was more a greater trending topic than Donald Trump. And also there was a slight, it felt like a slight barb in Woodward's script when he said about we were linked with 111 players in January. Well, I don't think it was just in January alone, but okay, they get linked with a lot of players. But this is also the club that have told us that they did scout 804 or drew up a long list of 804 right backs. So, I think by just going off that ratio, it was, it was quite reduced going off what United's long list of transfer targets position uh, per position tends to be. Uh, but yeah, that was, I think the Richard Arnold section was probably the, the, the highlight of the whole call yesterday. And they were a success. Uh, Ty, well, Samuel mentioned him. We, we mentioned him earlier in a Gallo. Week and a half since he's been a United player, really, officially, since he's played. Uh, what have you made of him so far? United fans love him he seems to be someone who, who tries hard he's got the right ethic the right attitude but is there going to be a moment when he scores or is are we just keeping this sort of elephant in the room going along because three games he's had chances to score in, in each of them really I mean, he should have scored with his first touch shouldn't he really at, at Chelsea um, I'm sure there will come a moment when he scores and yeah, I mean you could argue that he's been invaluable in a way already and that he's he's taking the heat off Anthony Martial he's allowing Martial to have a rest I'm not sure there's yet going to be a time. I mean, it's hard to see a time at the moment when Igalo starts ahead of Martial. It'll probably start tomorrow now ahead of him, won't he? But um, it, it's difficult to see because there is obviously such a golfing class between the two, in my eyes, in terms of leaving the line for United and doing what Solskjaer wants. But what he can do is when games are won or games are going comfortably, he, he can come on and give Martial a break. If we're relying on Martial to basically be starting every game at the moment, then he can't be finishing every game. So Igalo can come on after an hour like he did at Bruges when Martial had done his best work by scoring that goal, had hit the post, hadn't done a great deal else. But on a heavy pitch, he can come on for him and, and take a bit of the strain off. And we might see tomorrow night if United are 2-0 up, 3-0 up and cruising, he might come off again after an hour and Igalo comes on. So I think he can play a role in, in that regard. I'm sure there's going to be a goal in it for him. I hope there is, personally. I feel like it'd be a bit of a sad story if he leaves without scoring for his boyhood club, even if he's, you know, if he's played at Old Trafford and banked a fair bit of cash. It's still not quite the same, is it? And obviously, scoring for United and scoring at Old Trafford obviously means a lot to him. And in a season of plenty of woe, it would be nice to have some kind of like emotional memory from it, wouldn't it? It's something that's, you know, quite a nice thing to happen rather than he leaves and goes, gets back home and goes, hey, lads are signed for United and that was bigger news than Brexit and Donald Trump getting impeached. It's not quite the same, is it? You really speak like someone who's worn down by the season already there. There's no emotional attachment. You've had no joy for the last few months. Well, but... no, obviously there's been, there's, been, there's been big moments and big wins, but there's been more disappointment yeah. than high moments this season. It's hasn't been there? like a proper soap opera, hasn't it? 
it has every yeah. week. But I think this, to be this is why United fans have so embraced Igalo because he's bought his enthusiasm has been infectious and his obvious love for the club and delight to be here has kind of lifted people out of their despondency, if you like. And I mean, maybe you've seen a little bit of the impact of that on the pitch as well. Well, we were sat behind that ignoramus at Chelsea who shouted, you know, Igalo, go back to China, which is absolutely terrible. And his dad just seems to think that's normal speak. They were absolute twerps, though, yes, weren't they? they, they were, were, yeah. They and Igalo were. just smiled at him and you thought, you yeah, know, that's, happy, that's the yeah. way to deal with... Well, that, that says it all. He hadn't even come on for his debut. He was already irritating away fans. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is good. He's an easy target in that sense, I suppose. But he doesn't care, does he, at no, all? No. Uh, Ty mentioned there that Maybe if it's 2-3-0 up against Club Bruges, Igalo could come on, but do you think that will win? I think they will win. I don't think they'll win 2 or 3 nil. I don't think it will be a, an Alkmaar or Partizan Belgrade-style group stage. I mean, it seems quite ominous, it's the strong. fact that Club Bruges were without three of their best players. <laughs> I know um, the fact that Solskjaer talked one up and, and was... He was the new drawn Sadio into it. He's drawn Ooh. into a question about him being like Sadio Mane, but you know they've not got their captain. They've not got mm. Dennis who scored last week. Good, they've yeah. not got Balanta. I don't think he's their first choice centre back. It seems like only United can win, and they're the situations where it all goes horribly wrong. Yes, uh, th- th- I mean United do have do a form for that, but I I genuinely do think that they've got enough momentum going into this game, and enough players are playing well uh, individually, collectively. They they can play an awful lot better. Uh, they they weren't perfect at Chelsea by any stretch. They you know, they they got better in the second half, but I think you know there, there was an element of luck in that game. And Watford on on Sunday certainly they they took a, a long time to get going in that one. And in both games they saved their their best for the the second halves in them. So I again though I I still. It would still feel like a shock if United were to go out of the Europa League having... I mean, the result last week was just about a positive on what I thought was an otherwise pretty negative evening in terms of the the team he selected, um, the way United approached it, the actual way the the game developed as well. But that fades into complete insignificance if if they do get through. Um, But... I mean, as I said, I think at the time Solskjaer was making a big deal of the fact that they'd got an away goal, and so was the club. So was the club Twitter account. The away goal only comes into it if you get a nil-nil draw against Club Brugge without their three, one, well, three of their best players in the second leg, which again would be inherently negative. So you hope that I don't think United will be looking for that, obviously, and I also don't think he'll be making as many changes as he made for that first leg last week. I think he got away with that a little bit. It would have been a bit of a travesty had United won that because um, they were not they were not deserving of of winning that game, and certainly the players he brought into that game. You saw it all with Pereira and Lingard being bombed out the weekend that they were never going to be keeping their place for the game against Watford. Ty, how strong do you think United need to go against Club Brews? It's kind of a balancing act. Like you said, if United were to crash out, it really would be devastating. You'd have permission to go pretty negative <laughs> against Solskjaer for it. But uh, as Samuel said, I mean, we saw Chong at the weekend featuring a Premier League game. Greenwood was going to start last week, but was ill, so he didn't. Uh, but the fact Luke Shaw spoke to the press, the press conference indicated maybe he'll get a start as well. Ooh. So interesting. And then, of course, the other aspect is Eric Bailly. Does he come back in or not? I mean, Maguire and Lindelof were still shaky at times against Watford at the weekend but who who stays who who goes um it, it is a balancing act because Solskjaer 
said in Belgium last week that he, there's a lot of games they're going to have to rotate. It's obviously involved in the FA Cup next Thursday. If they get through here, they play the Thursday after that and Thursday after that. So there's a lot of games at the moment. So he has to rotate. But at the same time, you can't take liberties and Bruges are missing some key players, but they're a tidy side and they've obviously got the new Sadio Mane coming back in. So they've got to be taken seriously. I would use it as a chance to probably put Maguire on the bench. I think in Baye and Lindelof, you've finally got two pretty reliable alternatives to him. Um, beyond that, I think it'd be quite strong. I think it would probably make sense to start Fernandez, given the impact he had in 10 minutes last week when it was easily United's best spell of the game and he clearly looked to have the run of that Bruges midfield. So I think he'd be tempted to start him. Green was obviously going to start. I think Martial will start. The left winger is a bit of an issue. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Pereira or Lingard come back in, to be honest, um, with, with James on the bench. But... It is a balancing act, but I think we'll see a, a relatively strong side. What do you think of McTominay? Came back at the weekend, didn't really do much, but uh, his his progress, do you think it's one, a game where you start him, or do you think it's another one where you bed him in and give him 40 minutes instead? No, I mean, unless you're a team like Liverpool and or like the United of old, where you, you'd won games in the tunnel before, before there'd even been a kick, I don't think this, obviously this United side can't really get away with that. You might sort of just play your best players, try and get it won as early as possible, like they did in the group stage games. And then you take the players off around the hour mark and they've got their rest time then. I think that's that's got to be the way to go about it. As I said, I thought he got quite lucky in the first leg last week in the United with six changes and new formation. Just that, that was the only leeway you could give players like Pereira and Mata and Lingard and that they were playing in a system that was pretty alien to them, certainly in a competitive match. But... I look at that squad that he played at the weekend. I think it was 27 players were training at Carrington on Wednesday. I don't see why you'd bring anyone back in into the squad. I mean, at the expense of whom? Tomney stays there. Matter should stay there. Igalo um, should stay there as well. There's there's nobody to, to take out of it. The, the actual 18 they had at the weekend was fine. It's just what changes do you make among those among that pool of that that pool of ugh. the pool of the players. pool of players. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, you, I th- there's an argument going ahead that the Premier League and the European competition should be introducing more substitutes for you know just widespread rather than just in finals. I think the Champions League final you get eleven subs now. When obviously at mm. major tournaments, the whole squad, the, all twenty three players, are involved on a match day. And in I mean, it's, in Italy, you've got and in 20, Italy, yeah. You know, I think in squads. Syria and Spain, do you get a big bench? You as might well? the Bundesliga as well. I think so. <laughs> I think that's something it's easier for the managers because then it keeps the heat off them for example at the weekend Lingard and Pereira if you had 11 subs they're in they're on the bench and whether they play or not is by the by it's, it's you know it's avoiding um, not conflict as such but it certainly avoids drawing attention to uh, the, the futures of players and it, particularly in the case of Lingard five man bench you get in the National League five man bench no, I've, I've really got 17 man squads though haven't you eh, well <laughs> It's, it's not helped us in the past, let's put it that way. Uh, Ty, we've also mentioned that game this weekend, Everton. Mm. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because, I mean, last weekend, Everton against Arsenal, they started very well, scored within a minute, but then they did lose to an Arsenal side that, you know, an Arsenal even worse than United. I mean, Luke Shaw said a couple of weeks ago, didn't he, that it's unfair United to get another criticism. Look at Arsenal, they're doing woeful this season. Arsenal are getting momentum of their own as well, though, I would say at the moment. I agree Arsenal have been doing terribly this season um, and they've only won six of the first 25 games but they have got some momentum to fair they've not lost this year so I don't think that's a disastrous result for Everton and I would say they finished the game pretty well as well 
So what do you expect from United against Everton? I think it's a really tough game. Really tough game. Um, maybe the memories of last season might help inspire United because that was a, a rotten day and probably the worst day of Solskjaer's reign. It was just an absolutely horrendous performance. So uh, I guess in that those terms, things can only get better. Um, it can but I, get worse as well. <laughs> well I it's the United team. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think it's I think it's a really tough game, and I think it's it's huge for that M word, that that momentum that we think United have got that we think they'll maintain tomorrow. Going to, to Goodison is a serious test, a place where they were they were really humbled last year in a game that, you know, if they win this, then suddenly you, you, you really are getting some momentum and thinking they can challenge Chelsea. So I think it'd be a really good test for them. It'd be a really difficult game against a, a team who've responded to a new manager and looked pretty good. They've got some serious threats up front at the moment in Calvert, Luna and Richarlison. So I think it'd be a really good test, actually, to see whether United have turned this corner to go back to this tedious corner analogy. <laughs> I think Bring it'll it be, back. <laughs> it'll work eventually. It'll be um I think it'll be a good a good test and a good sign of just how far they have come on since January and since the arrival of Fernandez. Yeah, Sam, I guess it is a good marker because like we said before, United turn it on against the bigger sides and they've struggled maybe against the, the smaller ones, but Everton are right in the mix of United really in, in terms of what they are at the moment. They're a team in transition as well. So will be interesting. Uh, what do you think will, will happen this weekend? I think they'll be up against a very different Everton team from the one they played against Old Trafford in, what was it, two months ago now in December? Can't you remember. Yeah. What was the score? 1-1 when Greenwood equalised. And- I was off that week. Duncan Ferguson took his jacket off and I couldn't remember. I was off. Yes, yeah, he claimed he couldn't remember. Uh, As I said, Goodison is a very unforgiving place at the best of times. And I think when they lost 4-0 there last season, that was in the week of a European tie as well, where they'd got battered by Barcelona in the week. Especially after European games, it's... It's, it just has the makings of quite a, an, an onerous task, really, from United's perspective. I suspect Solskjaer wouldn't be too disheartened if they got a point there, um, as, as small-minded as that as that may be. I don't think that's that that would be necessarily a negative result. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how many of the players who started there last season start there on Sunday, given that you know, Solskjaer, I think, after that game said some of the players won't be here next season. I'm going to succeed here. Some of these players won't. Um, and looking, trying to recall that team, I think there's probably the possibility that six or seven might still be starting at the weekend. But that's just how drastically things change in football. I mean, Shaw was being kept out of the team by Williams last month, and now you know, the prospect of not starting Luke Shaw in a United eleven is, is unthinkable because he's he's been playing so well. Favorite memories of Goodison Park? Do you have any? Uh, Chris Ga- Eagles. <laughs> Chris Eagles game. Chris Eagles is a good one. Um, Gary Neville kicking the ball at the fan. Was that was that when Duncan Ferguson good. scored? Yeah, well, Ferguson scored in two two one nil. Goodson wins about ten row. years apart. And but I think the, got the second one was, I think even United fans who were there have said they've never heard a noise so loud as as that one when when Everton won that night when when Ferguson scored the winner. But that was the night where yeah Gary Neville kicked a ball at an Everton fan got sent off and then Skulls um, executed one of his customary tackles and, and got sent off as well. Uh, and, and Wayne Rooney got some well friendly yes <laughs> some, unre- some unrepeatable abuse. A warm welcome we call it. In the yeah, industry, yeah. Don't we? yeah. Well they they certainly uh, softened their uh, approach to Rooney in, in in the last ten or fifteen years anyway. I remember, uh, I think in the week we were speaking to uh, Dave Hughes, uh, Evertonian, in, mm-hmm. in the office, and he was saying that the worst one was that, that Chris Eagles game, because was it Gary 
Garen, who scored the opener? John O'Shea? O'Shea. And then Phil Neville. Ian Turner's. Phil Neville own goal. goal. Then Rooney scored on and his return. Eagles, yeah. And he really, he really celebrated that goal, Wayne Rooney. <laughs> he did, yeah. Yeah, he did. Well, they, right they effectively, that was effectively a title mm. clinching game as well, given that I think Chelsea were playing simultaneously and drew two all at home to Bolton. United went five points clear or something like that with two games remaining or three games remaining. Uh, so yeah, that, that that was that's probably the fondest memory for the United away days who've, who've been at Goodison, going to Goodison for years. United were useless at Goodison for a long period as well, quite quite recently. But they might be again up, this week. They picked up a little bit in in recent years. Uh, There's that Marshall the, the Mar- game, wasn't there? Did Marshall score a goal? Marshall scored a very good goal. Yeah, uh, two years ago years. was that? Yeah, so yeah, and Lingard did in the same game. Then you had, I think that was the season after Baron Fellaini's catastrophic cameo when he came, came on, on gave, a gave away a penalty <laughs> God, good times yes. good times let's hope for some more uh, some more antics like that this weekend uh, Ty Samuel thank you very much for joining you, us this week you. on the Manchester Red podcast we will be back again next week to reflect on the game against Everton and look ahead to the FA Cup game against a certain Wayne Rooney Wayne Rooney's Derby County as they've now been called please do leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already and we'll see you again next time